Hey, Metastential in a bite-sized travel-to-go package. Tom Bennett, Derek Phillips, talking Metastential, the overlap of digital and culture. Let's do it as a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Did you see uh, um, Hail Caesar? Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. Oh, man. Yeah. I, you know, Coen Brothers, you can't go wrong with that. George Clooney? Come on. A lot of people don't exactly like it, but... Channing Tatum? Right? Was that fantastic? Channing Tatum? No. Yeah, no. Totally was. The dance in... Yeah. Oh the, oh, the actor. Oh, okay, fine. The actor. No, but I was thinking about the studio head who I like very much. What's his name? Um, Brolin. Oh, yeah. Josh yeah, James. Brolin. James, Josh Brolin, right. I like oh, him. Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. But I love the whole communist thing when they <laughs> <laughs> lose the money because of the dog and, <laughs> and the faces of the guys in the rowboat, you know. Ooh. <laughs> he Ooh. just loses the money, uh, you know. And they're, they're having this meeting and um, uh, Wayne Knight, you know, Newman is in there, yeah. but they're having the meeting in there. They keep offering him little sandwiches on toothpicks. You know, another sandwich. It's great. Yeah. Okay. I need to rewatch that film, actually. It's worth it. Yeah. It's a good uh, movie. Yeah. 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 So, Derek, I'm just having a fine week. Are you? Fine. Are you really? It's Tom? a fine week. Is it? It's because awesome. I'm sensing... Maybe it wasn't. It's so. I mean, I hear your words, Tom. It's amazing. I hear your words, but that's not the meaning I'm getting. Is that weird? It's confusing. I feel like there's something else. Right? There's a tension between the words I'm using (laughs) and the face I'm making. Wow, that's an amazing setup, Tom. That was fantastic. Yeah, I bet you loved that. (laughs) Jerk. So, yeah, sarcasm. Right. Right. Well, you've recently encountered some sarcasm that you found a bit baffling. <laughs> Just baffling. I, I am either an old person. Okay. Noted. <laughs> noted. Or I, I don't know. I, maybe I've been spending too much time in Canada. Tell the story that you told me this morning. Yeah. Because this is how it came up. I, I sent you some links right. off of, uh, you know, I don't know, Gizmodo or something. Sometimes. I was looking at a website. But yeah. someone had talked about... Um, Oh, something just innocuous about um, the election, and and then and yeah. then the comment stream was so full of sarcasm, for lack of just like hurling eggs of sarcasm back and forth to yeah. the point where I couldn't tell who was who because I don't know these people; they're just they're just online avatars. Yeah, and I scolded you. I said, "Why are you reading the comments? Read the Never comments. read the comments." No, I'm, I'm not busy enough at work, so <laughs> I, I, you know, I scroll down a little bit just to see, you know, basically to validate my outrage, yeah. right? And I realize I can't validate my outrage because I don't understand what people are saying. Do I like yeah. this person or this person? Because I know one of them is on my side, but I don't know who. Yeah. So this was the the Gizmodo article about the Amazon Dash button that allows oh, you yeah. to give directly to the ACU. Whenever, ACLU, yeah. Yeah, ACLU. Whenever you see something that just you know from the Trump administration that just pisses you off, you can just right. We should beep, beep. we should explain. Amazon has these wonderful Dash buttons, and they often come like you can get a Tide one or a Huggies one or whatever. So if you need if you're changing a diaper and you need Huggies, you just hit the button and you have an order on the way. It's mm-hmm. it's brilliant i think in terms of especially because amazon created this and some smarty pants basically hacked one uh so that it it will donate five dollars to the aclu at, at the touch of a button yeah and my ping to you was why this should be a fashion item yeah. like like if elizabeth warren was wearing one of those things <clears throat> how cool would that be right right like th- those that would explode overnight 
and and then again the comment then thread. Then went was, in and read the comments. Yeah. and you know I could. And I let could, me give you a sampling. Yeah. Here's a little oh, bit, good. right? So yeah. oh, so here's you're somebody. so helpful, Derek. Thank Thanks. you. Here's what Kingsford had to say. <laughs> I should make a button that goes to me. If people are stupid enough to press the ACLU button, they must be dumb enough to give me their money too. And then Burner God said, not really. ACLU actually provides value. Kingsford, so do I. Yeah, and then it gets worse. Burner God, liar. Right. And as soon as I saw the word snowflake, I thought, oh boy, here we yeah, go. Right. Right? Like yeah, right. Like snowflake is, hashtag snowflake is on yeah. the rise, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I come in here and I'm like, I don't understand that. And you're like, why are you reading the comments? Yeah, number one, why are you reading the comments? Number two, that was spoken like a true Pacific Northwesterner. Yeah, right. Be- well, you know why? I can tell you exactly why. Because we're all in training to go join Canada. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. That's right. We are uh, California's Canada. Yeah. And as part of Free Cascadia, we will eventually just merge with in Washington's our Mexico. Canadian friends. And, and my um, B12 and earnestness injections have been taking, <laughs> taking hold. My voice has gotten calmer, and I'm, I, you know, I like our new prime minister. He's dreamy. <laughs> he is. He so, is. you know, but it got us going on sarcasm. And, okay, that's, those, that is a poor example of sarcasm. But my initial thought to you was, is sarcasm a poor form of communication? Yeah, yeah, and you had likened it to profanity. What was the quote you used? Okay, well, yeah, let me get there. The, okay. It, it's a, I feel like sarcasm is a poor form of communication because I can't really tell what's going on. Yeah. It gets, it's not communicating, it's just noise. Mm-hmm. You know, it confuses. That's profanity. how it sounds to you? It, that's, in this, today it did. Yeah. Might, I might be having microstrokes. I don't okay. know. But to, that's what it feels like today. Right. Because right? for me, growing up in the Midwestern, like, like I'd mentioned this morning, like that was our, that's our currency. Like that's sure. how, I, I don't know that I've ever, ever had like a very genuine conversation with any of my closest friends mm-hmm. back home. Right. Yeah. It's all fraught with sarcasm. Yeah. So I'm really curious why mm-hmm. that happens. What, why, why do people feel they have to be sarcastic? Yeah. Because we, we're emotionally shallow. I wonder, <laughs> you know, or is earnestness too close to the truth or is it too vulnerable or, well, it's, it's you know, it, yeah, it's, but it's also a bit precious, right? Like we can, I think, I think for people who kind of trade in sarcasm, it is an, it is a nice layer removed from, from the real hard feelings yeah, that we a, all have okay, to do. Okay, so it's with. a safety cloak. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. a, and I, and I like in sarcasm. It's a callus. Yeah, <laughs> callus <laughs> grows. Yeah, I like in sarcasm too like a fold in communications. It's yeah. like I'm doing it behind my Harry Potter invisibility cloak. I can just yeah. hurl epithets yeah. and be safe. Yeah, right? I mean I really I have something I need to tell you, but I'm going to say it in a way that doesn't make me, you know, seem too fragile. Right, like that's a that's a really nice sweater, Derek. Right? Do you really like this sweater? Well, I, actually I do. But See, I confused you. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway, your wife. Yeah. So, and you were asking about profanity because I did. Yeah, I was talking about how um, likening it to profanity. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you that know me will know I went to one of these precious East Coast boarding schools, and I worked on a tall ship. We used to sail, and we had all that <laughs> stuff going on with the captain and the midshipmen and all that stuff. Come right? on, yeah, I'll show you. See, now this just sounds like a like a short story. Yeah, a wrote. yarn. Yeah. I know. No, we and there was a white whale, and no, uh-huh. no. But seriously, I worked on a ship, and it had all the naval conventions, and there was this old captain who was a pervert, and wow, uh, he was he was funky. But anyway, he did say one thing that always stuck with me, and he would say it in his tightest 
mid-Atlantic drawl, he, and, but he would say profanity is the attempt of the weak mind mm-hmm. to express itself forcibly. Yeah. Now, right. taken from a puritanical bent, that kind of makes sense if you think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. If someone's just going to yell, fuck. Well, yeah, but that, there's nothing creative about that. Right. And my counterpoint to that is Hunter S. Thompson, who used profanity and vulgarity in the most creative, ingenious ways to mm-hmm. be able to to get across a point, right? And yes. to keep it entertaining. Well, and we get into kind of the the science of the art of the epithet, yeah. you know, and the British are fantastic at that. Oh, yeah. And the Scottish um, right. tweets to Trump during the campaign <laughs> yeah. were... Probably the best. Artistic. Right. And by the way, I'm, I'm storing... Uh, my favorites, uh, my favorite epithets about our dear leader, oh, um, which we'll get into someday. But um, right, so so your point back is that no, it's not. It's not that sarcasm is a poor form of communication. Right. It's just maybe poorly executed in this example. Yeah, and I think it is hard to do to do well because you, you can very quickly lean from from one side of being sarcastic to the other side of just being stupid and mean. Right. And, yeah. Which, and so you have to be able to. To, to find that balance, strike that balance, and, and still be able to communicate. Yeah, and so and that's where the common thread stuff is. It's kind of the bottom of the barrel. It's just kind of neener and neener, yeah. and it doesn't get you anywhere. But like I'd, I'd, you know, I'd mentioned that I grew up in the Midwest. Is it a cultural thing? Is it regional? Because when I moved out here, it took me a little bit to, to get used to the earnestness of of people and then recently when i went back to chicago to visit some friends i was a bit struck at at how how cutting some of the mm-hmm. the comments could right. be to each other even though that's what i grew up in sure you're nine immersed. years removed now though. well because again those earnestness injections are, <laughs> right. are working for you it's in the coffee here yeah you know uh e12 but yeah. um no i think uh Yes, it is cultural. And and regionally in the US, I yeah. agree. Because when I hang out with your friends, um, with you and your friends. Do you go home and cry at the end of the night? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but uh, you know, you'll sense it. You see the headwind yeah. of it, right? right? And and I grew up again in New England and, and going to college and there were people who's again, you know, adolescent or young male mm-hmm. dudes are gonna be pretty darn sarcastic with each other all the time mm-hmm. as an art form. Yeah. And they would take it to such an high art that there was never you could they were never earnest. So you really couldn't tell what was going on anymore. Yeah. Right. Um so yes, it is regional. And and I don't know if you've ever run into this, if you've traveled, I've run into people that are not English speakers natively. Mm-hmm. And if you are sarcastic, they it doesn't it doesn't register. They don't get it. Yeah. You know, I've run into people in Italy and Greece and in Germany, even though, I mean, I think the Germans might get it, but they, you might say, oh, it's really nice outside. And they're like, it's raining. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just don't register that you're being sarcastic, which I find fascinating. Yeah, because it's funny. I am thinking now to, um, you know, some some German friends that that I know who were very sarcastic in a very German way. Like it, it was a very dry sarcasm, right? Like it was the delivery. Like when, when I'm talking to my friends and the sarcasm comes out, I can hear it in the tone of voice. Right. Like it's easy right, right. to identify mm-hmm. with these couple of German friends of mine that I can think of. Like their, their tone was so even that it, it really was difficult to tell like, oh, did that, did that really happen to you? Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you just making me look like an idiot now. Right, well, uh, the question is, are they sending other cultural signals you're not picking up? Right. Uh, choices of words, yeah. you don't know. 
Were they doing that in English or in German? In English. Oh, okay. Because yeah. again, they, they may, in the translation, it gets lost because there might be literally a choice of word. Yes, um, but like I can think of a couple of exchanges in particular that once you got to the end of the exchange, it was obvious that it was sarcasm. It was sarcasm, mm-hmm. but not in the in the midst of it. So it was it was deliberate. Yeah, you know. So so it wasn't a language issue, but it still I think could be a cultural issue because I think I think the Germans have have you know a, an artistic culture of of playing with words and playing oh, with yeah. meaning. Right? Oh yeah. I'm fascinated with like Weimar Germany and the theaters and yeah. the the art of then because of course they were under there was a very interesting time that of course gave rise to other political more authoritarian things but yeah. but they were in this weird folly state where they'd come out of World War One and the art and the 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 sarcasm the the self yeah. referential stuff is is huge um, so it's probably not tied to language I wonder it's something else culturally that either fosters sarcasm or i don't know does not allow room for it all right i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that it has to do with fear okay if feeling secure hmm. and i don't again i'm just throwing this out um i wonder if like in certain nordic countries because i know people from sweden and denmark that i've talked to kind of don't get sarcasm mm-hmm. and they live in cultures where a lot of their basic needs are really taken care of healthcare, retirement other yeah. things so they don't there isn't maybe the same degree of existential like dread sure that's going and, and on. it's funny because if i if i think of the best examples um in my life they've they've largely come from you know people in economically depressed areas yeah. or sometimes you know physically dangerous times like dark I humor think, well i think of the, the couple times i've been to the uk and like talking to, to older guys like guys who had who were growing up during the war and they were very sarcastic about the danger that they went through as kids, like having bombers flying over their hometown and, or, and playing and bombed out, right? You know, lots like picking up shells and yeah. who knows what, right? And there's a, a flirtation with danger, mm-hmm. and it there's a kind of a callousness to it. Um, and so I don't know. One, I, I start to wander towards even what humor is. Humor is some theorists say is the removal of fear Mm -hmm. Uh, you know the very first humor that some humans experience is as infants you know parents might hold them and then be like i got you i didn't drop you you know you're not in danger and we giggle you know and and the smile and the laugh sometimes is a way of expressing i'm no danger to you Mm -hmm. right you know i'm grinning because i don't want you to kill me you know and so i find it interesting that sarcasm is a form of dark humor Mm mm-hmm might be related to a sense of dread. Shit. That's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy. Oh. Huh. Nice, nice way to go. Yeah. Way to kick off our week here, Tom. Nice. <laughs> Metastential Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we get into, you know, passive-aggressive communication, too, mm-hmm. which is, I think, closely related to sarcasm. Well, no, isn't that funny? Because, you know, passive, you know... It's kind of the the joke of the Pacific Northwest is, you know, Portland nice, which is really just passive aggressive. Oh, come on, Minnesota nice. Everyone talks about something <laughs> else, somebody else nice. Well, it was funny. Somebody mentioned to me Michigan nice. I was like, mm. Mm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means. Yeah. No, well, what, what that means is that's an even more cowardly form <laughs> of passive aggressive, meaning I'm not going to tell you what's up, you know. 
mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just not look at you for the while I squeeze you out of the lane. So you do know. you do you think that is inaccurate to say that there is more passive aggressive behavior in Portland than other places you've lived? Interesting. I feel like there's a lot of avoidance of conflict here. Well, but okay. that doesn't mean that conflicts don't still happen. It sure. just means that we softly bump around them. Uh wow. Okay. I grew up in New England, in New mm-hmm. Hampshire, and I can think of plenty of cases of the same sort of passive aggressive weird stuff. As a cultural thing? I'm not talking about personalities, like individuals. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's a cultural thing, but again, there were cultural groups in New England that stood out to me as mm. people that would do things like that. Mm-hmm. Like old Greek ladies would just be so mean. <laughs> You know, but that's but very direct maybe that's, in their meanness, right? Well, right. <laughs> that's another thing is is in like in Greece, um, it's so funny because they'll like okay, here's a situation in Portland and in Greece. Mm-hmm. In Portland, um, the bus you're riding the bus, the bus stops, and this this old lady gets on and she's fumbling with tickets, and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. Now in Portland, everyone would just do a silent eye roll and go back to their iPods and and secretly curse this person, right? Right? Silently, silently, that person. Right, and this is, and I don't know what's more healthy, but in Greece, I saw this situation. There's this old lady, this yaya gets on, and she's having trouble with her tickets. No one's helping her, mm-hmm. right? And then someone from the back of the bus yells in in Greek, "Old lady, you old hag, get on the bus. You're making us all late for work." Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, maybe a little weird to our Western or English American ears, but this guy said exactly what everyone was thinking. And and then he's like, "Well, someone help her, please, so we can get going." Yeah. And then it was pointed towards a solution, right? Yeah. Which is healthier? And I don't know. I don't know that that I'm looking to make a judgment call yeah. on it. It's just something that I have certainly noticed living out here. And now, the flip side of it, going going back to the Midwest, is I now I'm now I'm the frog boiling you know slow boiling in portland <laughs> yeah uh, or or losing your edge or yeah. something i don't know yeah. what's happening yeah and so when i go back it it can be jarring at times take me a little bit to get back into it i've grown soft tom well what does back into it sound like when you're well i can tell you i went to uh um watch some football with friends mm-hmm. at their local local pub right around the corner ah, okay and it was full number one it was uh very uh racially diverse Unlike we often find here in Portland, you know, I, there are parts of, of the city that that are that are diverse, but you know, by and large, not so much. Um, but everybody was there rooting for their own team, and that, of course, sparks all kinds of arguments and ribbing and and going back and forth. And what I just found interesting was how cutting some of some of the put downs could be, and all of it taken in good humor, though. See, that's how not a that's, single fight broke out. That's the interesting thing is how it's taken, right? Yeah. Because in some ways it's healthy to acknowledge the differences in things, mm-hmm. and and I don't know, maybe sarcasm is the shield we need to make it okay. Yeah. Well, maybe. there was this there was this this young guy there who who was gay and was constantly getting ribbed for for being gay, and was also dishing it back to these guys, you know, for being straight, you know, like 
telling them that you know they're just jealous because he's getting more play than they are mm-hmm. and he like it it's funny like taken out of context that would it would have the stuff that these guys were saying to him were absolutely homophobic and terrible so things. That, that would have made it to like nextdoor.com here in Portland. without a doubt <laughs> in the context of their kind of social group because he was clearly a member like he was their friend like yeah. they were all brothers in this so they're they're recognizing their differences yeah and- playing yeah. with it and it was just again because i don't encounter that sort of direct um you know level of sarcasm as often out here it was it was jarring to hear at Wait, the let, time. Me, let me ask you though that doesn't sound sarcastic as much as it is direct oh let me tell you it was plenty sarcastic i, I you know some of the jokes you know teasing this kid kyle about you know his masculinity when he was as big and rough and tough and could talk football all day with the rest of these guys but because he was gay they were being sarcastic about his manliness so so that kind of shoots holes in my theory that it's based in fear or does it i don't know because in some ways if you put it on a sarcastic channel mm-hmm. it makes it safer i mean yeah 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 i that's not to say that some of these guys who you know were clearly friends with with this kid um aren't also still a little wigged out by homosexuality yeah but when, and so this was their outlet for <laughs> for being but, able to address that but imagine this construction by saying let's say you and i are in very different places yeah right and we're able to say to each other okay derek I'm going to make a joke out of something that's bugging me mm-hmm. by being sarcastic about it, and it's on that sarcastic slab where it's safety zone. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's it or it's like a it's like a checkers board between us. We're going to play it out here, not personally. Yeah, maybe I don't know. if This is a very Portland conversation, right here. <laughs> this is what I do for a living, Derek. Right. Well. Yeah. We like blend. I said, it was just, it was interesting to be back in that element, um, mm-hmm. having been away for a while. Well, we've certainly given our listeners a really great and valuable 20 minutes here. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, Tom. You've I mean, this certainly is, not wasted your time at all, listeners. And definitely didn't waste my time. Not that I don't have anything else to do, but to deconstruct sarcasm with you, Tom. Well, you know, I value that. <laughs> All right, time to hit the showers. This has been the Metastential Podcast, supported by Connective DX. Don't make us do all the work. Hit us up, podcast at metastential.com. Or on Twitter, at Metastential. I might even reply, because I'm on Twitter all day long. I am not usually. <laughs>